Get ready, we're turning it up. Get ready, get ready, we're turning it up. What's going on, my fellow champs? It's another episode of the Pigskin Champs Fantasy Football Podcast. It is your hosts, Justin and Derek. You can find us both on Twitter at pigskin underscore jgonzo and Derek at pigskin underscore drock. Derek, how we doing tonight, man? Am I uh, lightning of a chance to clinch tonight? Stanley Cup Final? It's going to be a good night. It's going to be a good night. We're going to talk about some sleepers. Yeah, uh, man. I go to sleep right now. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, man? Doing good, man. Working Doing good. Lately. Yeah, man. I'm excited, though. I'm excited to talk about some of these sleepers, some of these later round guys, and uh, hopefully give some people some very good players to talk about here in 2021. Yeah, these are the guys uh, that should win championships for people. So For sure. If, for we're, sure. if we're right in our process. Absolutely, man. All right, dude. You want to talk about some news first? Let's do it. What happened? That drop always puts me in a good mood. Yes. I, I, love, I, love, <laughs> I love that drop. It always puts me in a good mood. Better it's, than, a, it's a great way to start the show. Better mood than Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady playing golf together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's been fun. That's been fun. Okay, only a couple things today. So, New England wide receiver Nikhil Harry, former first-round pick, requests a trade. All right, I got a question. Shoot. Don't you have to do something to request a trade? Like, I mean, actually have to do something on the football field. Like, you got to actually produce or something, right? How the heck did Kobe Myers outperform you, man? Listen, he's tired of Belichick. He doesn't want to be. Well, he, okay, you want to. He doesn't want to play for the best coach in the league. It's okay. You can be tired about holding a damn water bottle as well, <laughs> freaking water boy. So, what are the chances do you think that they actually trade him? I mean, I, I what think are we really more, talking about I here? Think, I, guess, I think there's more of a chance that he gets cut. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the trade market for him will be very low. What are you going to get? A six-round pick. <laughs> like that was, a former, that was a former first-round pick that I don't know, you're he not going to get much. Like No. Like, it, I, I don't know. I To me, uh, if I mean, anything, If they're I considering think, cutting him anyway, I think that Belichick's going to try to move him for something. And if he can yeah. get anything for him, I think he'll take it. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like, I feel like other teams are going to know that, and they're going to lowball him, yeah. and he's going to take something you know dumb like a a sixth this year, or this coming year, and like I don't know a future seventh or you know something crazy yeah. where it's like a lowball offer, but still something to get him. I mean, are there they, any teams that you been, think? Uh, are there any teams you think that he could go and be relevant? All right, moving on. <laughs> I actually had an uh, not really an argument, but I was talking to somebody on the Facebooks. Uh, Is that how they say it now? Oh yeah. Oh, heard that. The Facebooks <laughs> about uh, you know about Nikhil Harry and this trade news, and you know there's a lot of weird opinions out there, man. People really think that he's either some great superstar. They're basing all that off of his college tape and not off his NFL production, and 
they think the Patriots are going to get a super massive haul for him. Like, absolutely not. I'm talking about like early round picks, and I just I don't believe it. No, there's no way. Earliest I can see is maybe a five. Like they're going to get a they're getting a day three pick somewhere. Yeah, or like, if it's like a four, it'll probably be I like a know, a 2023 four. I, or yeah, something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I'm not the one wheeling and dealing picks over here. But uh, all right, so the next thing, Dallas wide receiver Amari Cooper. Apparently, his rehab is quote cutting it close end quote to training camp. I don't know. Are you worried about Amari Cooper injury? No. Um, like we we said it before. Uh, it's it's a rehab. Uh, he looked. He's he's been Amari Cooper's been really solid the past couple of years, especially coming into Dallas. Uh, he's kind of been that. I wouldn't say under the radar. But now I can see him a little bit more of under the radar. Like I can see as we get closer and closer to the actual season. Yeah, the hype for CD Lamb is, is real. Is real, dude. So like to me, like Amari Cooper, maybe in like a month or two, could be added to our value show that we did last week because there's yeah. a very good possibility. You know that that still is the possession guy for Dak. Like that's still what could be the number one read in this offense. I know CD lamb is a hell of a player, but there is a lot of work passing work to go around in this offense. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, Amari Cooper, I think he's gonna be fine. Let's see what happens. Training camp. I mean, our next news and notes, man, we get to see him on hard knock. So we're going to see him on TV. That's a point that I want to bring up. That's mainly the reason why I added this Amari Cooper thing here. Cause I'm with you. I mean, injuries at this point of the year, I don't really put a lot of stock into it just because, Unless it's, somebody breaks something or tears right, something, right. like Jeff like it's, Wilson, it's it's rehab. Like he's getting back to one hundred percent. Okay, but like you were saying, like maybe his his you know ADP drops because of this news, and like maybe people are take scared it. off of him. I take it all day long. Now, with the hard knocks coming into town, that's going to raise everybody too. So you're going to have a small window here. Let's pay attention to his ADP over the next couple of weeks. If it starts to drop, you better get him now. Like if you're playing in a dynasty league or, you know, if a dynasty manager is feeling a little scared or, un, you know, uneasy about the injury, maybe you could try to buy him low. And then because that price is going to go up as soon as hard knock starts going on. For sure. I mean, I don't I can't really tell if it's going to go up even more. Uh, you have him right now as the wide receiver 13 in ECR. His ADP is 41, so you're getting him right in that middle range of the fourth round. Uh, the only thing I can say is that when this happens, there's a very good possibility that C.D. Lamb jumps him in ADP. And I mean, he's going at 47 right now, so they could easily flip-flop to where he, you know, C.D. is going at the beginning of the fourth and Amari's falling to that back end of the fourth. Yeah, right now, so, um, from what I'm looking at, Amari Cooper is actually is going one pick ahead of CeeDee Lamb. Is he? Yeah, 46, okay. and CeeDee Lamb's at 47. I have him back-to-back as well, but I have CeeDee Lamb ahead of him. Okay. I'm just a little, you know. I, don't know, I, I, still, I, I think been, I like Amari. I think he's a very good, safe option for you, especially yeah. if you have him. If you're able to get him as like a wide receiver, too, and he's that safe option but has still a ceiling um with the offense he's tied to see you know? i think i kind of disagree with the fact that you, you know you label him safe just because i feel like he's a little in, inconsistent week to week like some weeks he gives you you know these big these big games where he has 
you know, 150 yards and a you know couple yeah. of scores, but there's some weeks where he doesn't do that. And but it's he's not like a Ty- safe wide receiver too. Like, no, no, no I get that, and that's my next point is he's not Tyler Lockett. He's not that extreme. Uh, he's uh, he's a guy that at the end of the year you're going to be happy about his finish. Yeah. Because he'll be a top fifteen or top, you know, eighteen receiver, and you're gonna be like, "Oh, that's that's awesome!" Like I, that's where I drafted him. That's where he ended up. Yeah. But week to week, it's it's a little nerve wracking to me. That's why I'm a little off on him, and I and I'd rather have C.D. Lamb because I think he might be more consistent. But either way, I mean, this offense is gonna be crazy good. So yeah, for sure. I, I'll, I'll take any pieces, and if if C.D. Lamb is actually going lower than him, I'll take the value on C.D. Lamb. All right, Jess, you want to play a game? Yeah, dude, let's do it. Alrighty, folks, it's time for the Champs Choice, the weekly game show where we pick between two fantasy players separated by only a few spots in ADP. This week we've got Miami Dolphins running back Miles Gaskin versus Chicago Bears running back David Montgomery. We're going to talk to these two players, figure out who we'd rather have for redraft in 2021. Justin, let's start with you, man. Who are you, would you rather have? Champ's choice. Who are you taking? All right, man. Uh, so you are looking towards a running back two to running back three. And what are you more comfortable? You're looking at starting running backs. Uh, for both teams, you have David Montgomery, who finished on top of the world last year. He, this man was scorching fantasy football, ended up finishing as the RB4, not a RB4, the RB4 in fantasy football last year. That was due to a lot of circumstances that, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'll highlight now. One being his backup was completely gone. So he was getting like almost like James Robinson type uh, control of that backfield. And then you have a uh, quarterback situation who was not very good. I think you're putting it <laughs> too mildly. I think you, it was terrible. That's not not very. It was terrible. Good? All right. Okay. It was it was horrible. Um, but it it allowed the. I guess the game plan they 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 just gave him a lot more volume than he was originally gonna. You you saw it in the beginning of the season. That's the David Montgomery I feel like we're gonna get maybe a little bit better. Okay, he's not gonna be this guy who's scorching the earth. You're gonna get the guy who was giving you that safe floor every single week for RB two numbers, uh, and then you got Miles Gaskin who came out of nowhere, was the sixth-round pick, who was actually third on the depth chart until week one came around, and Miami Dolphins said, hey, this is our starting running back. Nobody saw it coming. Everybody was drafting Matt Breida, Jordan Howard, in all the drafts, all the mocks that I was seeing, all the regular drafts I was seeing. You know, nobody was taking Gaskin. It was a waiver-wire addition, and all of a sudden this dude is the starting running back, and, you know, it, he, he ran with it. He, he made the most of his opportunity. He was a little hurt. He only played 10 games, but he made the most of his opportunity. And to be honest with you, what you're able to do with selecting Miles Gaskin at his current ADP, I think helps you more than taking, taking David Montgomery. All right. So you have Miles Gaskin currently as the 22nd ranked running back. And David Montgomery as the 19th ranked running back, but he's going at ADP 38. 
Miles Gaskin's going to ADP 48. I'm wanting Miles Gaskin more than I'm wanting David Montgomery due to the fact that this offense is going to change a little bit and it's going to fit towards Tua's uh, skill set. But we saw Tua's skill set. He wasn't as comfortable. We don't know if he's going to take that leap uh, yet. But what I do know is now Miami has very respectable outside threats that defense are going to have to account for, and they're going to realize it really quick that, you know, Jalen Waddle's fast as hell. Like, Will Fuller stretches the field. Like, you're going to have to account for these guys. It's going to allow different holes, and you and you're going to be able to utilize Miles Gaskin in the role that he is going to succeed at. Which is why I think that I like him more than the Matt Nagy role or Matt Nagy led Chicago Bears. And if Justin Fields comes in, there's more of a rushing threat to that aspect as well. So I would take Miles Gaston, especially at the ADP with 10 spots different. Okay. Um, you know, for me, I, uh, I'm i going to go with David Montgomery. Okay. Now, I hear what you're saying about the, the difference in ADP. You know, I, you can't really argue that. You know, you can get Miles Gaskin almost a full round later. My main problem with Miles Gaskin is well, actually, let's, let's talk about the good first. Let's talk about the good. We'll stay positive for a second, okay? Miles Gaskin is an elite pass catching running back, okay? And the stats will prove that. He's first among running backs in yards per reception, third in yards per route, and eighth in target share, okay? So that's. That's top 10 numbers across the board as far as a pass-catching running back, right? However, he's a below-average runner, and I think that has a lot to do with his frame and his size. Oh, and for sure. Having for sure. the having a bad offensive line, or I should say a young offensive line, okay? He was 49th in true yards per carry, 52nd in big runs, which was, turned out to be 55th among running backs in big run rate. So breaking off those long runs, 25th in yards created and 31st in yards created per touch. Now you go over to David Montgomery, fourth in snap share, fourth in carries, sixth in red zone touches, fifth in rushing yards, fourth in receiving yards. This is all by the running back position. Okay. This is not like when I say fourth in receiving yards, it's not like he was fourth among wide receivers. Okay. Among running backs, fourth in yards created. Okay, now if you compare that to Gaskin, Gaskin was 25th in yards created, okay? And 16th in yards created per touch, which is 31st for Miles Gaskin, okay? Now, the biggest key here is that David Montgomery had a worse offensive line than Miles Gaskin and produced better for fantasy, okay? Now, that's that to me shows me that he is a more complete back. He's he's a guy they can lean on, that they can trust. Now, like you said before, Tariq Cohn was gone for the entire season last year with that torn ACL. They do get him back. They signed Damian Williams. Yes. And the Dolphins didn't didn't draft anybody. They didn't sign anybody. But they were linked to a lot of like the free agent running backs like Aaron Jones and drafting Najee Harris, drafting Javonta Williams. Like I think they were jumped, right? By yeah, the they by the Broncos. the Broncos. Yep. And, you know, they they, they wanted to bring in a guy. To either not not only compete with him, but like compliment Miles Gaskin. Because I don't I don't think they're gonna go away from Miles Gaskin. I think he earned the opportunity to be the pass catching running back for that team. And that's a very valuable role for fantasy. Is that a top twelve running back though? Probably not. And I've already seen David Montgomery be a top twelve running back. So I'd rather 
take that guy in the middle rounds, like the fourth or fifth round, than Miles Gaskin. Okay. Would you be able to say that the upside with Miles Gaskin is more than David Montgomery? N- not really, because the way I see it, I think that David Montgomery's upside is a lot is to me it's more just for the fact that eventually it will be Justin Fields. And I hear you, I know you're the main argument against that will be he's gonna be like Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen taking goal line rushes away, right? That's the main argument. But a rushing quarterback will help between the twenties as well. It'll help create running lanes. It'll help yeah. it help him be more efficient too. And you've already seen like he's top ten in a lot of efficiency metrics too. Without that, I mean, he had Nick Foles as his quarterback most of the season last year, and he was a top five running back. So I think the upside is more in favor of Montgomery and less in Gaskin because I still think that the Dolphins can bring in another running back, and it would just mess up the there was just There's just nobody out there that I think they can bring in that's going to affect Miles Gaskin. I mean, and if they, they already brought in Malcolm Brown. They've got, um, they, you know, they still have Ahmed in the backfield as well. Yeah. He, he proved when he had the chance as well. And Ahmed is a, um, he showed some decent flashes last year. Yeah. He's he's probably a dark horse to, you know, be that that one-two punch with Miles Gaskin, you know, over Malcolm Brown. I still think that there's a chance they can bring somebody in. And even if that person that comes in isn't a guy that produces, like, for fantasy purposes, It'll still be a guy that takes away from Gaskin. And the way that I see the Bears' backfield is Tariq Cohen is a compliment. He's not yeah. competing with Montgomery. And Damian Harris missed all of last year. You can't tell me he's going to come in and steal touches, yeah. like meaningful touches from him, because he he missed the entire season. It's Matt Nagy, bro. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm just hoping that Matt Nagy is coaching Pop Warner with uh, Adam Gase by midseason. And we get a new coach or somebody that knows what they're doing and David Montgomery can continue to be a top 12 running back. So yeah, champ's choice. I will take uh, David Montgomery. <laughs> so the poll for this will be up on our social media accounts. Please go and vote on the polls, man. Me and Justin are very competitive guys, right? And we want to, we want to hear what you guys think, right? We want to, who would you rather take, you know, and me and Justin actually picked the side. So like, let's see who, Pick the right guy. Let's see what the what the public thinks. Yeah, absolutely, man. And you can do that by following us on Twitter at Pigskin Champs and on Facebook at Pigskin Champs Pod. We will also be posting a link for our personal league podcast episodes, and the signups will be in the show notes. So please go to all of our social media accounts and follow. Thank there you. you go. Got to get those personal league podcasts, man. Those are going to yes, be. Yes, man. Awesome. I'm super excited to see all these different drafts and everything, man. It's going to be. Yeah, all awesome all to break like, those like, down. Like Justin said, all the information can be found on our social media accounts. Just go follow us there and, and see what we're what we're talking about, man. All right, let's talk some sleepers. See, they're sleepwalking. No, no, not. Well, I want to wake them up. No, why would you do such a thing? Well, because it's... never ever wake up a sleepwalker. See, that that's it. I I think we should take control. It's always about how them. you propose to do that, Robert. All right, all right, all right. All right, I gotta wake them up, man. Gotta wake these people up. 
Gotta wake him up. People are sleeping. Let's see. Some of these uh, let's see what these uh, sleepers that we got, man. I'm gonna kick it off for us. My very first sleeper is gonna be Mike Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers. All right, man. Uh, Mike Williams finished the season last year as the wide receiver 45. Okay. Now I know what you're thinking. He finished as wide receiver 45. He's being taken as wide receiver 48 this year. He's going in about the 11th round. Why is he a sleeper? Okay. He's tied to Justin Herbert, who already has proven that he can play in the NFL. This this young kid is a stud, all right? And he's going to be a stud for years to come. He's got multiple uh, weapons on his offense. They just went and got them a, well, I think it was a third-round receiver, Josh yep. Palmer. Yep. Okay. So I think that they're going to be able to spread this. I think this offense, they're going to be allow, allowed to spread the, the ball around, okay? He's not going to – I think he's going to be a little bit more comfortable year two. He's not going to tie on to Keenan Allen like – you know, obviously Keenan Allen is going to be his superstar. That's where he is. But Mike Williams is going to be the ex-receiver. He's going to be the outside guy. He's going to stretch the field. He's going to be the deep guy. And there's just, I, to me, there's more targets available with the departure of Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry didn't do much last year. Okay. They brought in a guy, which is a very old dude, a veteran, Jared Cook. Okay. Like, he's not going to be this worldly tight end that's going to you know, take all these targets away. If anything, they're going to give more targets to their wide receivers. All right. The only thing that I can see where it maybe affects Mike Williams a little bit is if Austin Eckler is healthy the whole season. Okay. You're obviously going to get those pass. He's a hell of a pass catching running back, but I think that Mike Williams takes the next step this year. Okay. He had, 85 targets last year, 48 catches, 756 yards, and five TDs. All right. And that's playing in 15 games, but he only started 11 of them. All right. So he wasn't very healthy. He's had that issue most of his career. He, you know, he's had some health issues of staying on the field. So hopefully he can play a full season this year. If he can, I think that we're talking. Maybe that borderline wide receiver two, wide receiver three. The, I mean, this is what we're talking about with sleepers, man. You're you're got guys that are lower down in your ADP. He costs you an eleventh round pick. It's not going to make or break your draft. And you could possibly have a wide receiver two upside, maybe with you know. I think he's more of a wide receiver three, a high end wide receiver three. That's how I look at him. But right now, you're taking him as a wide receiver four. So I think he has that chance to jump. I think he has that chance to help you in your drafts and help you all season long. A very, very solid flex play at like least, you know, at very least a solid flex play could be a possible every week starter, depending on how this offense comes out and looks and, and let's see, it's a, you know, first year head coach to see how they're going to run their offense. But I think with an arm of Justin Herbert, and the talents that are around him, especially Mike Williams, I think he's going to have the the option to shine this year, and I think he's going to take it. I like it. I like it a lot. Mike Williams, you know, got a young quarterback. 
playing the X receiver, going to get a lot of targets. Just got to stay healthy, man. Really got to stay healthy. All right, yes. so my first sleeper for 2021 is going to be wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills, Gabe Davis. Okay. All right. Second-year player. That's it. From UCF. UCF, right in our backyard. Yes, sir. All right. Currently, ECR, wide receiver 64, going 184th overall. Okay, so this is a end-of-your-draft kind of guy. Okay. Last season. Seventh among wide receivers in yards per reception and 11th in fantasy points per target. Okay. Now, obviously, there's, you know, those are the, the, his two best metrics out of everything, right? But a lot of his production last year was capped because he wasn't, you know, the, in the top three or four targets on the offense, right? They had Stefan Diggs. That's all they had. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed like it was Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. Well, they had Cole, they had Cole Beasley too, and, and, yeah, and John Brown when healthy was, you know, a guy that was on the field a lot more. Yes. And, and Gabe Davis just he was used as a role player almost. They signed Manuel Sanders, but to me, that's not a quality replacement for John Brown. I think that Manuel Sanders is on the back nine of his career. It's more of a veteran presence than it is right. anything else. Right, right, right. Yep. Um, now, I did see a beat reporter say that Manuel Sanders is expected to take over the John Brown role. But how long is that going to last? You know, if that's actually the case, how long does that last before Gabe Davis just, I mean, he's a younger guy. He's the healthier guy. He's the, I think he's the more explosive guy too at this point in Manuel Sanders' career. Cole Beasley. Let's talk about Cole Beasley for a brief second. Okay. The NFL came out with new COVID, pro- no, well, not new, but I guess they're a little bit tighter COVID protocols for the 2021 season. And Cole Beasley is not a fan. Absolutely not a fan. There's, you know, some rumblings that he said he wants to retire before, you know, over playing with these protocols. So you have to take that into, into an account too. If that's the case, then you have Gabe Davis walking into a pass happy offense, an offense that was top five in pass attempts and all that stuff. And, you know, Josh Allen is, you know, an all worldly talent right now. He's exploding. He's, he's probably, probably an MVP candidate this year. And, you know, they just throw the ball a lot. I mean, there was a game last season, I think in the playoffs where their first 20 plays were all pass attempts. So you can see that they want to throw the ball. And if Gabe Davis gets into the starting rotation, he could definitely be a guy who can contribute for your team, probably just like Mike Williams, probably more as a flex option, you know, for the majority of the season, unless there's an injury. Now, if there's an injury to a guy like Stefan Diggs, I think Gabe Davis steps right in and is a massive, even if massive a, Even Emmanuel Sanders goes down, I think that's Right, but you massive, know, yeah, at, that, at that point, you're still going to have a lot of production from Stefan Diggs. And, you know, if yeah, Cole Beasley's but, there, then yes. I think the, the, the bigger opportunity would be if you know if like a stefan diggs goes down yeah you know? i mean I, don't have I think a, everybody goes up at that point yeah I mean, yeah for sure i mean he he had you know over 100 I, i'm pretty sure he had over 150 targets last year like probably gonna do it again this year <laughs> exactly so as long as he stays healthy but gabe davis to me big time sleeper he's a late 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 round guy 184th overall like that's probably that's the end of your draft that's free very right end of your draft throw him on the end of your bench you're going to know week one or two if he's got, you know, if he's in the starting rotation. If he's not, you know, you can cut bait, but hopefully he's at least cracking that, you know, 40 or 50% snap share in the early weeks. And then that number starts to go up. That's what I'm looking for. So Gabe Davis, 
wide receiver 64 right now in ECR. I'm expecting big things from him in 2021. All right, man. All right, my next guy is going to be John Brown. You just brought his name up. He came from the Buffalo Bills. So when I thought about this guy, I was, you know, kind of doing a little research and trying to figure out you know, who's a guy late, just like Gabe Davis, you know, a guy that it's, he's going to cost me nothing. All right. It's literally, okay, maybe I take a chance on this guy or this guy or whatever. And John Brown, when he's on the field, you saw it. He's, he's a heck of a court or heck of a wide receiver, man. He, he's a very, very good, uh, wide receiver. And I think he makes his quarterback a little bit better. You know, Josh Allen looked really good, especially when he was on there. He was able to do a lot of things. Now, John Brown finished as the wide receiver 80 last year. Okay. He was not very healthy, though. And that's been another knock. You know, both these guys that I brought up, they just haven't been able to stay healthy. All right. But he just went to the Las Vegas Raiders, which is still weird to say. The Las Vegas Raiders. Um, all right. And he's going to be taking over the Nelson Aguilar role. Now, I to me, John Brown is a lot better than Nelson Aguilar. All right. He can't stay healthy and need him to stay healthy. If he can play a full season, Nelson Aguilar finishes the wide receiver 29. If you're taking a guy whose current ADP right now is 171, and going as the wide receiver 58. And you're going to tell me that I have potential borderline wide receiver three, wide receiver two numbers. Like, and he, Nelson Aguilar, I know he had an up and down season or whatever, but he produced more times than not. I think it was like over 50%. Like you, you were very, very happy with them. More other times, you know, he, he gave you that safe floor or whatever it was, you know, Nelson Aguilar was that underlying guy. He actually helped me get to a championship last year. He's part of my wide receiver. I think it was like my wide receiver three last year, but I was stacked with Adams and Hill as my wide receiver one and two. Must be nice. Yeah. Well, I needed somebody after Will Fuller decided to start popping PEDs. Um, but, John Brown taking over the Nelson Aguilar role. I think that he's going to be able to um, help Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr and him are going to be able to, you know, connect on the chemistry. I don't know what they're going to do with Henry Henry Ruggs. I think Henry Ruggs is a hell of a receiver. We haven't seen it yet. But even if we do see it, I think it just takes more targets away from Darren Waller than anything. I don't think, you know, and this is a guy that it's free, dude. You're, You're not. This is a guy you're not. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna to, know. Like we, like we were talking about with Gabe Davis, really, really quick. Like, yeah, but with the potential of a guy that he's filling in the slot, or not in the slot role, but filling in that spot of a wide receiver twenty nine. We just came off that, you know, that season, and you're taking him as a wide receiver fifty eight. Yeah, it's why, good. why not take a chance on your late round guy who has a possibility of being. That neck that taking that next step, and you've already seen him with Josh Allen and Derek Carr. Yes, a lot. He, he doesn't get a lot of love, and I, even for me, I will never use him again after that negative one that he put last year. Um, but he is, you know, a, a top of the pack quarterback. I mean, not an elite or anything, but he's a a really he's a good. He's under, he's undervalued. Yes, he's a, he's a guy exactly. that that a lot of people have. You know, negative thoughts about, but 
in reality, he's a good quarterback. Me included. Yeah. I hate him. <laughs> but I want you to succeed. Get rid of, <laughs> don't hate on him, man. Hate's such a... No. Just no, weighs on you, man. No. After Let that negative go. one performance last year, <laughs> I will not be starting the keys to that car. <laughs> Oh, that was rough, man. All right, so my next guy is... uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here, man. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say my next sleeper is quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, Trey Lance. The number three overall pick in this year's NFL draft. I'm starting to believe that he is going to be the day one starter. Oh. Listen, here's my reasoning. Number one. Uh, and this probably couldn't be more obvious. You don't trade multiple first-round picks. Mortgage your future. Move up almost, what, 10 spots? Yeah. Close to 10 spots in the draft to take a guy and have him sit. You just don't do it. I mean, the the one time that I've seen that it happens was the Mahomes deal, right? Like when yeah. he was, you know, the Chiefs moved up to 10 and took him at 10, but they moved up to the top three to take this guy. Shanahan, he's a great coach. They made it to the Super Bowl, but they lost it, right? So I feel like the pressure's kind of on. Now, I'm not saying that he's on the hot seat by any stretch, okay? And this is going to be my next point. I was listening to a podcast earlier today, interview with Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. They're talking about the pick for Trey Lance, right? You know, and he's... He, he never once said anything bad about Jimmy Garoppolo. Never once said anything about Jimmy. But what he did say about Trey Lance and the fact that Trey Lance brings that extra element to the game that Jimmy doesn't bring. He's Kyle Shanahan was between Mac Jones and Trey Lance. He said that on this podcast. He said it in the interview. Which is nuts to me. He was between those two players. And then Justin Fields was the third name he mentioned as an afterthought. Literally like a minute later in the interview, he was like, oh, yeah. And and Fields would have been a good pick there, too. But he was mostly talking about Mac Jones and Trey Lance. He already has a quarterback that's like Mac Jones on his roster. So he takes Trey Lance because he knows he can't get to where he needs to get with the same level of quarterback. I'm a firm believer now that Trey Lance will be the day one starter. We're honestly just waiting for an injury. I mean, not we. I'm I'm not part of the front office. Well, damn. But I think they're going to trade Jimmy G. I think he's going to be on the move. I think there's going to be a team that maybe has an injury at their quarterback position or maybe a team that needs a quarterback. I mean, I don't really think there's many teams right now that – Desperately need one because, you know, like you think about like Denver, you know, if they they have Teddy, they have Drew Lock, they, they, they're they fine, right? If if Teddy gets hurt, they'll probably go with Drew Lock, if, you know, and vice versa. And I know I see your face right now, and that's not a good, you know, it's got to be Teddy. I don't want it to be anybody else. But point is, Trey Lance is a difference maker at the quarterback, quarterback position. Whether he's ready as a passer or not, you can't really put a whole lot of stock into him not being ready because the offense they run in San Francisco is different than say what Tampa's running, where it's a lot of downfield passing pro level concepts, stuff like that. San Francisco is a lot of, you know, wide zone runs. They do a lot of creative things in the run game. 
They run a lot of play action, a lot of screens. You don't need to be a Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady to run that offense effectively. Jimmy Garoppolo has been fine in that offense. He's been fine. His biggest knock is not being available and being hurt. If let's just say for, you know, for laughs, right, that Trey Lance isn't the day one starter. What if Jimmy G goes in week two and rolls his ankle, comes out for a couple of plays, and Trey Lance explodes in that game? And it's game on. It's it's Trey Lance season. So I'm willing to take Trey Lance as one of my last picks, put him on my bench, and wait for that blow up to happen. Now, if he's announced as a day one starter, I can see him flying up my rankings because of that rushing upside. You know, we we talked about it in the in our first ever episode about his rushing floor over a thousand yards last year and double digit touchdowns on the ground. Not last year, sorry, the year before when he was in college. He's an elite runner and he's got a strong arm. If he can figure out if they can make him a usable passer in this offense, he could be great for fantasy. So I'm going to say he's a sleeper man. Throw him on the end of your bench. He's going to cost you absolutely nothing. Literally absolutely nothing. And if you're deciding at the very end of your draft between, you know, guys like Cole Beasley and like some of those like, you know, like a, a running back like Darrington Evans, like guy like guys like that, like where yeah. maybe they're not. Take the upside. Take the upside play. If Trey Lance comes in and is a starter by week two and he's running around and he's, you know, the designing runs for him, they're getting the ball out of his hands quick and they're using him to his strengths. Man, he could be a guy that could win people championships next year. And and honestly, he doesn't even need to start day one to win people championships. He can come in three or four games into the season. I still want to stash him because the upside is top eight quarterback if he's you know playing the majority of the season. I, yeah. I want to have that on my bench. I want to have that on my roster. I'd rather have that than you know a backup tight end or you know, my sixth or seventh wide receiver or running back, especially running back. Like your sixth or seventh running back is probably not, doesn't have the same amount of upside as Trey Lance would. Oh yeah. For so sure. why not stash him on the end of your bench? Yeah, man. And I, I would love to see a, a little trade and have Trey Lance be the, the, the starter day one. And I actually, what's funny is I actually was thinking of, you know, different possibilities and what could happen. And I was actually thinking that Denver, could be a landing spot for Jimmy G. You know, I think it's an upgrade between both of them. I know Teddy's a he's an okay quarterback. He's not, you know, unworldly. He's not going to get him to the next level. At least Jimmy G's been there. He's gone to the playoffs. He can do it. And they got hella talent. You know, they, they do have a lot of talent out there. And, and then another one that, I don't know, I just kind of thought about. And I could see it because I don't know how comfortable they are with their third year going on their third year quarterback. But what about the giants? You know, maybe yeah. somebody to either kick it, kick them into the right direction or, you know, just have a little bit of backup just in case Daniel Jones does the same thing he did last year. Like it was just kind of things that I was thinking about. I, I, I kind of hope we do see it. Cause I, I think Trey Lance could be a very good quarterback. And I want to see these rookies take off this year, man. A hundred percent. All right, Justin, man, who is your next guy? All right, dude. I am going to go with the rookie, and it's going to be Javante Williams. Love this pick, by the way. I absolutely love this pick. I love Javante Williams. Dude, uh, Javante Williams has had so much hype 
coming out of training camp and I know, or, and I know that we've had said like, Hey, you know, don't temper expectations with all this good news. Everybody looks good in shorts, all this stuff. But Javante Williams, they traded up for him in the second round. They jumped the Dolphins because they knew that the Dolphins were going to take him. Absolutely. And they obviously wanted him. Melvin Gordon, I believe, is a free agent after this year. Yes. And this is going to be his team. And I think they're going to see what they have in him. Uh, I know Melvin Gordon's still there, but they're he's dealing with stuff right now. I know all of his stuff got dropped. There's still a possibility of suspension. If that happens and he does miss a couple games, I don't think Melvin Gordon gets his job back. I think that Javante Williams uh, is, I think he just runs away with this. And there's beat reporters coming out right now saying that he could be the week one starter. He could, uh, he's going to lead this team in carries. He's looking great. He, there's a reason why they went out and got him, you know, and I, I love Javante Williams. I liked watching him in, in, uh, college because you know he decided that he was going to shred my miami hurricanes and i didn't a lot of running backs do that hey <laughs> talk about javante williams hey, it's okay my gators defense was <laughs> just ripped apart by everybody on the ground last year um so javante williams right now is going uh as the running back 28 at an adp of 70 all right so you're getting him at the late fifth early sixth round you have the possibility of him being your running back three. And with the upside that this guy presents with not the best quarterback play, if it is Drew Locke, I mean, I you know, you and I have had this conversation multiple times on this podcast. We will up until day yes. one. And, oh, up until they name Teddy Bridgewater the damn starter. Uh, I hope that they, <laughs> like, I hope it's a before week one kind of thing. But this, this team ran the ball. Over 325 times last year. And, you know, Philip Lindsay even got 502 on 118 yard or 118 attempts, 502 yards and one touchdown. Melvin Gordon got nine TDs on the ground, just under a thousand yards with 215 attempts. If that becomes a split where it's a 50 50, which I don't think so, I think Javante Williams makes this his backfield. And I think they're going to find out real quick who they have in this young kid. I can definitely see it a thousand yard season or, or even closer, especially with a 17 game season now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're going to make, I don't know w- what's going on. Melvin Gordon. I, I feel like this man was on top of the world and all of a sudden like just took a huge dive, man. He got old. Huge, that, that running back curve is, is crazy. It's, it's crazy, dude. 28 year old running backs are yeah. old men right now. Yep. I turned 28 this year. <laughs> Man. Uh, the wheels are about to fall off, Justin. That's it, dude. You might have to you're carry running, Your running back prime is done. <laughs> oh, man. I never had a... I had three carries in high school. Heck yeah. Three carries. How All many, first downs. How many yards? Three. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we won't talk about that anymore. All right, bro. So, Javante Williams, I really do think he's going to be... A hell of a guy. I think some people are sleeping on him. Right now he's going running back three uh, area, and I think that he could definitely have running back two upside, and this could be a solo back here pretty shortly, man. 
No, and hey, man, it's, he's he's a good redraft pick for this year, and he's also he's a great dynasty pick too. Yes, because like you know, like we said, Melvin Gordon is an unrestricted free agent after this season, and Javante Williams could be the lone the there's, lone wolf. There's a reason why they went top of the second round to get his, yes, get this guy. Absolutely, I love the pick. Like I said, all right. So my next guy is the wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. It's going to be Paris Campbell. I love me some Paris Campbell. I've put Paris Campbell on every one of my uh every one of my teams in every mock draft I've done in the last month. Okay. He's currently the wide receiver sixty six in ECR, ADP two two one. Two hundred and twenty one. He's going two hundred and twenty one overall in ADP. That's literally Last pick of your draft, throwing him on the end of your bench. Now, there's a common theme with my sleepers, right? It's That's borderline waiver wire edition yeah. at the end of your draft. Like. Listen, let's talk about some metrics for Paris Campbell, okay? 97th percentile for in speed score. 97th percentile burst score. 100th percentile breakout age. All right, we're talking about breakout age with um, Kyle Pitts, I believe, had an elite breakout age. Like, mm-hmm. man, this guy is a fast dude. Fast, okay. Week one, twenty twenty. He played. He played a game in probably a quarter. I would say. I can't remember exactly when he got hurt in week two. I don't want to talk about it. We can talk about it if you want no, to. I don't want to talk about it. So week one in twenty twenty, he had nine targets, six catches, seventy one yards, no touchdowns, and he did have a rushing attempt too. I didn't didn't write that one down, but nine targets in the first game. Now now listen, I I understand. There's a different quarterback. There's a different. I guess style of play at the quarterback position overall this year versus last year, right? You know, Philip Rivers was a guy to check down a lot or he threw short or he favored his guys across the middle, like his tight ends and his slot receivers and stuff like that. And, and his running backs and Carson Wentz had, he had a terrible year last year, but it's not all on him. You know, he had a, he had a terrible offensive line. He had a lot of things going against him, but Carson Wentz is one of those guys that favors the middle of the field as well. You know, he put, he was, you know, him and uh, Zach Ertz were just a few years ago, a dynamic stack in fantasy football. Zach Ertz was a consistent top three or four tight end for, I don't know, three, four, five years, you know, and, and he was a guy that was over the middle. Carson Wentz was targeting him a lot. I think that with an aging T.Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell is probably going to play mostly in the slot. I think that, you know, T.Y. will probably play some on the outside. In three receiver sets, I think it'll be uh, Paris Campbell, T.Y. Hilton, and Michael Pittman, with Campbell being mostly in the slot. I just think that his speed and being matched up on safeties and linebackers, I think that's just a matchup nightmare. I mean, throw T.Y. Hilton in his aging self on the outside. Like, let him... I think that Paris Campbell is going to, be, is going to play mostly in the slot, and I think that's going to be very... You know, it's going to give fantasy managers a pleasant surprise on their bench in the first couple of weeks. Because what you're going to do is you're going to go into your draft, right? You're going to open up, you know, Sleeper or ESPN, whatever draft app you use. And you're going to go through 15 rounds. And at the end of it, you're going to see Paris Campbell's name. You know, in the 16th round, you're going to throw him on your bench. And you're not going to play him the first two weeks because who the heck starts a guy they pick last in their draft? Unless you're, you know, one of those, you know, that James Conner situation a couple years ago when Le'Veon Bell held out. But he's gonna blow up on your bench. Like you got, he's gonna be great. I I'm firmly, I firmly believe he's gonna be a great fantasy asset this year. 
nine targets right out the gate last year. He want like Frank Wright wanted to get him the ball. He he was you know scheming up plays for him. He was the main target. He was getting the ball. He's a fast receiver. Speed kills in the NFL. You know, you look at guys like Tyreek Hill. I mean, I'm not comparing him to Tyreek Hill. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But Tyreek Hill is one of the fastest human beings on the planet. And if Paris Campbell has a 97th percentile in speed and burst, man, this guy could be everything we want for fantasy. A super late round guy that hits and... You know, like I like every other pick that I've that I've made so far, they're all going outside of the top 180 picks. For you know, for obviously for a reason because they're unproven. But man, you gotta you gotta take your shot. Paris Campbell, wide receiver 66. There's no risk with taking this guy. Zero risk. Could be an absolute target hog for this offense. Michael Pittman, second year. I mean, hey, he you know he showed some flashes last year, but let's not pretend that he's a dominant number one in this offense. Like I feel like that position at the top of the totem pole is still up for grabs. And I think that Paris Campbell is a solid wide receiver that can take that position as the number one target for Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz doesn't have a tight end to throw to like Zach Ertz back in, in Philly. You know, Mo Alley Cox is a good tight end, but he's a big tight end. Yeah, but he's not, <laughs> he's not a guy that is going to command huge tight. End. He's not going to get 80, 90 targets. No, you're, Especially with Jack Doyle there as yeah, well. And Jack Doyle is the same thing. You're not going to yeah. give that guy 80, 90 targets. So let's use the guy that has that is an elite speedster and had a had an awesome game. Nine targets, six six catches, 71 yards. Like that guy is he's a baller. Yeah. Gotta give him the ball. Yeah, dude. And uh wide receiver sixty six. You can't ask no for you can't no ask for risk. much more uh for what is labeled per beat reporter uh as the Colts breakout candidate. So you know, they it. just they just came out. You know, he is gonna be he's labeled as the breakout candidate for the Colts. He's gotta um, stay healthy too. The Frank Wright's come out and said that he's got big plans for Paris Campbell. Uh he I mean he's shown flashes. I know it was only one game. He's had two years in the league. They've both been derailed by injury. This man can stay healthy. You know what he can do. He's shown flashes of it. I think with a full season I think this man is a very, very good pick, man. I do love that pick. All right, man. My last guy that I'm going to go with is running back Michael Carter. Another rookie is actually Devontae Williams' um, teammate in college. Michael Carter uh, got drafted by the New York Jets, I believe, what, third, fourth round? Something like that. Uh, Michael Carter... Is a very good running back. He's ahead of the curve, according to these beat report beat reporters. Everything coming out of, uh, you know, all these reports coming out of training camp and all OTAs, all that kind of stuff. You know, they're saying that Michael Carter is looking great. He's doing a great job. He's you know getting the scheme down, whatever. This is my biggest thing for me. Michael Carter is the best running back on the team. All right, you have guys like LaMichael Pirine, Tevin Coleman, who to me was just brought here because he knows the system that is going to be ran. 100%. In in New York, okay? Uh, Ty Johnson, Josh Adams, like none of these guys do anything for me. The biggest upside to me and the guy who could win the starter is Michael Carter. Like 
none of these guys have any type of ties to this new offense or new, this new coaching staff besides Tevin Coleman. And we, I'm good. I already know. I'm a pass. Yeah, we like, already know I'm what good. Tevin Coleman is. I'm done. Like that train is left. Like we had hope and that's gone. You know, uh Michael Carter when you're looking at this it, this team's real young. You know, you got a brand new rookie quarterback. You got a rookie wide receiver coming in, Elijah Moore who's making splash plays in practice. You got Michael Carter. You know, you got to you have a very good opportunity right now with this young team for all these young players to make an impact. Okay. I don't think the Jets are going to be a very great offense. I don't think they'll be a very great team. But when it comes to fantasy football, we're chasing volume. I think that the style of offense that they're trying to run is going to mimic that of Kyle Shanahan. I think that Michael Carter is going to be a very viable option when it comes to half PPR and PPR formats. And you're taking a guy who has, and you're taking a guy who is currently the running back 38 with an ADP of 104. All right, you're getting him between the 8th and ninth round. You're not going to make or break your your uh, draft. He's going to be your most likely fourth running back on your team, maybe your third if you're kind of waiting and you know, you're building up your core or whatever it is. But to me, with the upside that pre- that presents on your team that you might not need right away, and you might, you know, let him build a little bit on your on your bench and then utilize him at the back half of the season when it catches on, just like we witnessed with Cam Akers and J.K. Dobbins, mm-hmm. you know, that back mm-hmm. end of that mm-hmm. easily could be Michael Carter. Yep. Easily. So that's what I'm thinking about with Michael Carter. I think he's going to be a very good option, a very safe play when you're not really spending, you're not chasing him too high. You're getting him just in that nice little comfort zone that I like to let him wait and b- break out. Well, let's look at it. I mean, it, you just look at the guys going around him. Like, would you rather have Michael Carter or Kenyon Drake? Michael Carter. Michael Carter or Devin Singletary? Michael Carter. <laughs> Michael Carter or Jamal Williams? Michael Carter. Michael Carter or James Conner? That one's a little closer, but that, the injury... That one's a little bit closer. The only reason... I'm going to go ahead and say James Conner because, to me, James Conner is going to be the touchdown guy for Arizona. Yeah. I don't think they put Chase Edmonds in inside the 10-yard line. Uh, I think that that's all James, James Conner. And the you reason already why saw Kenny Drake had 10 TDs on the ground yeah. last year. So. The reason why I ask you that is just because, I mean, they're only going three spots apart from each other in ECR. And James Conner is a guy that hasn't been able to stay healthy lately. You yeah. Know? And, but he's not going to have a full workload. Yeah. So I'm saying, like, if you're to... if you're sitting there in, you know, whatever, you know, we were, we were saying, like, eight, ninth round, right, we're, when we're looking at Michael Carter, if you're sitting there and, you know, you got these guys that are going around him, like, you know, like Leonard Fournette's going one spot ahead of Conner, so four spots ahead of Michael Carter, you got guys like Gus Edwards, Devin Singletary. Well, and that's just ECR. If you're looking at ADP, man, you got guys like you're taking him around like the Zach Moss, the Gus Edwards, the Devin Singletary, you know, and that's the type of group you're like, okay, I'm looking for upside. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my whole point is that's, just take the upside, yeah, for man. For sure. And, um, you know, my last sleeper pick is actually a guy that's going 
one spot behind Michael Carter in ECR. And I like this pick. He's going 26 picks behind Michael Carter in ADP. He is number one running back for me on the San Francisco 49ers, Trey Sermon. Number one running back on the team. Number one running back in your hearts, Trey Sermon, running back out of Ohio State. Listen, San Francisco is a top 10 rushing offense year in, year out. Jeff Wilson's going to be out till roughly November, and Raheem Mostert has missed 10 games in three years. Okay? Raheem Mostert had knee issues last year. That's not good for a running back. Now, let's also not pretend that Raheem Mostert is not almost 30. Okay? And it doesn't feel like it. So crazy. <laughs> but he's been a practice squad guy for most of his career, and he's had this like late renaissance where he's like all of a sudden emerging. But Trey Sermon is going to come in. He's already like lighting up OTAs and mini camps. I he's coming in day 1 as a starter. Like if if I could put money on something, this is my lock of the offseason. Trey Lance was a, is still kind of a long shot to me. Trey Sermon day 1 starter as a running back. I think he comes in and overtakes Raheem Mostert and I think that you know what it could be because of availability. Raheem Mostert could be a guy that's, you know, he, we've seen it. He's been hurt. Like, there's no denying that. I'm not going to label him injury prone, but you're, you're, you're almost there, man. Like, he's, <laughs> he's close. Like, he's a guy that's, you know, he, like I said, he's missed 10 games in three, in three years. You're he missed, a couple months away from your football AARP card there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Early retirement is on the horizon. Trey Sermon, okay, is a beast running back, okay? Last year, you know, we in you know, we talked I talked about this guy too in our draft, you know, recap. He was my steal of the draft. He was the guy that I was super excited about the landing spot. I think that's a perfect landing spot for this guy. Last season to finish the year in, you know, the college football playoff, the last couple games, he was ripping off two hundred yard games, hundred and fifty yard games. He ripped off a three hundred yard game in a college football playoff game. This guy is a guy you can lean on. You can give him the ball. Um, you know, you can, you can, like I said, volume is not going to be an issue for this guy. He's a durable running back, more durable than any running back that they currently have in San Francisco. Something in the water out there. Trey Sermon, please order your water from Amazon. All right. I already started a GoFundMe for Trey Sermon and Trey Lance uh, water supply. Yes. So, yeah, go ahead and find that. Put on, those uh, two GoFundMe. in a bubble. And this is my last, <laughs> this is my last point. When Trey Lance is a starting quarterback, the fact that he is a rushing quarterback is going to open up massive run lanes for Trey Sermon. I mean, this offense is already an elite rushing offense, but put in Trey, put in Trey Lance as a, as the quarterback, and now the defense is no longer playing eleven on ten; they're playing eleven on eleven now, and they have to account for the quarterback. What Trey has the ball? It don't matter. <laughs> it don't matter. Exactly. They're both going to be on my team. That's, that's what defense goes to say. Trey is. I am, I am hopeful that this time next year we're talking about Trey Lance as a top 10 quarterback and Trey Sermon as a round two, round two pick. I just, that, that's my hope. That's my dreams. Uh, make a wish foundation. If you could please come <laughs> through, listen, I'm, 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 I'm pushing my chips into the center of the table. Kyle Shanahan do what's right, man. You didn't trade up for they. They traded up for Trey Sermon too. Yep. Let's not. Just don't stop with the nonsense. Like, <laughs> why is he going 
Why is Trey Sermon going behind Kenyon Drake, Zach Moss? Why is he going? Why is he going behind guys like that? I, I it does not make sense to me. Raheem Mostert is sitting at ECR running back or yeah running back twenty seven, right? The gap should be a lot smaller than that. A lot smaller. Twelve. I, I spots. like it. I like it because I'm about to have screaming value. <laughs> like, Listen, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really want his his ADP to go up much yeah. either, because I want to take him in the late rounds. All right, let's keep him sleeping. So, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't wake up this. Okay. But still, like Trace, I just can't, I can't pound the table enough. I mean, I don't want to do it for this. I just can't, I can't pound the table enough for Trace Herman. Trace Herman is my guy this year. I'm all about it. I will be taking Trace Herman anywhere I can, Justin. You're not allowed to take Trey Sermon when we're in drafts together, okay? Oh, You're oh, absolutely not allowed. We're going to record these live so I can get your reaction. <laughs> yeah, uh, I will be very upset. Uh, this will be like you sniping Lamar Jackson from me in his MVP year. That yep. w- that's the level of upset that I will be. <laughs> um, yeah, this podcast may be a solo show. <laughs> Justin snipes Trey Sermon from me. So, all right, guys, that's going to do it for us tonight. Remember to follow the show and both of us on Twitter and Facebook. Links are in the description. P- Justin at pigskin underscore J J Gonzo and at pigskin underscore D rock. Justin getting closer, man. Ready for the season to pick up. Got training camp in a couple weeks. Super excited, man. Take us, take it away. Let's get yes, this show out. Yes, sir, man. I can't wait as we get closer and closer to the 2021 season guys please remember to follow us on all social media our personal league podcast we are trying to uh, push those we really do want to break down all your drafts see all the you know stuff that's going on who's sniping who break them down y'all have a great one we'll see you next time see you